Welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez. And yes, this is a ridiculous helmet um, that I'm wearing. It's uh, Let me get rid of this because this thing is really uncomfortable. And we'll continue with the podcast here. Alright, so it's Saturday, right? So that means it's Alabama Saturday because uh, they're playing LSU today. Uh, but if you get back to that helmet, that is an example of uh, when good ideas go bad. Uh, so, you know, again, I'm in that PhD program, Global Leadership, at, at Troy University. And when we got, I went to visit the campus, uh, went into the bookstore, and they had a bunch of things that they were selling, you know, football jerseys, uh, baseball caps, and t-shirts and mugs and everything else everything under the sun the one thing they didn't have though was like a replica trojan helmet and i was asking it's like why don't you sell that like if you had one i'd buy 10 of them and i I don't know they said something it really doesn't matter um so of course you know went online on amazon and because amazon sells everything right and uh looked up trojan helmets and of course there were a bunch that came up for usc well i hate usc um so i'm not gonna buy a helmet that Reminds me of USC, um, University of Southern California, not South Carolina. Um, but either way, this is a helmet that I ended up purchasing, right? Yeah, I know, yeah. Some nerd out there is going to say, well, that's not really a Trojan helmet, that's more Corinthian or Spartan. Whatever, nerd. Nobody cares, right? The whole point was I wanted something to uh, represent uh, Troy. Uh, and I didn't want a plastic one, so I figured I'd get this uh, aluminum one, right? Um, that was a bad mistake uh, because anybody who was in the army and uh, wore that old helmet—not the ACH, but the um, the Kevlar, right—with the that netting on the inside—realizes that if you wore that for more than twenty minutes, it start. It was really uncomfortable, right? Well, that's how this helmet feels, except without the stability. Uh, you know, I was a used to jump out of airplanes, so I had the parachute is retention straps which would keep it in place, you know, because that chin strap really didn't do much. But the uh, parachutist retention straps really kept it in place, so it didn't move. So that helped out. Well, this thing doesn't have any of that, so it's really uncomfortable. So I just wanted to show an example of uh, when good ideas go bad. (laughs) So it's awesome. I have this little um, stand here, so I'll put it up so it reminds me of Troy um, University. Um, You know, go Trojans. Uh, They beat uh, South Alabama. This past Thursday for Battle of the Bouts, they won some crazy championship bout. So good on them. Um, but again, it's Alabama Saturday, uh, Crimson Tide playing uh, LSU Tigers. Hey, I hate the Tigers. I hate the Tigers, right? <laughs> I, I hate the Tigers. I hate Ole Miss. I hate Auburn. I hate Georgia. I hate Florida. Basically, I hate every team in the SEC that's not Alabama, right? And if you have a problem with that, well, too bad. 
Uh, so on today's show, what did I want to talk about? There were there are a few things, right? Um, one. Um, so this past week, I was part of a uh, panel for Troy University talking about imposter syndrome, right? And uh, the thing that I, I found interesting was um, there were several panels on there, and I, I was talking about how um, life has prepared me for this for this point in my life. Um, com- because coming out of East LA again, I mentioned it. Right, I was accepted to UC Irvine as an undergraduate, um, but I, I, I didn't finish my degree there as an undergrad because of the Asian kids and the white kids telling me that I was only there because of affirmative action. Right, I let that get to me. I was uh, just wasn't ready for the moment, and so I quit. Right. And then you can say whatever you want about the military. You know, I know I am hypercritical of the military, about the Army specifically, and about Army leaders, Army officers. I know I am hypercritical about Army officers. And, oh, well, that's my experience. I, I've heard multiple people tell me that I'm wrong. It's, I'm not wrong. That's my experience. You might have had a different experience. And if it was better than mine, if you had a pleasant time, if you enjoyed it, if you had some, if you had leaders in the Army... If you had officers who were leaders, I'm glad. Good for you. I had very few. Al, thank you for being a leader. Again, um, there's. I will thank you now until the day I die. And then when I come to you, whether that's in heaven or infierno, um, if I either in Shangri-La or burning in hell for eternity, I will continue to thank you, Al, for being a leader. Because um, the majority of the officers in... The army or managers, and uh, my panel was about, um, you know, about imposter syndrome, right? And it was talking about how in the army, no matter where I went, it wasn't good enough, right? As land combat missile system electronics repair, what does that mean? That meant I used to fix the tow and javelin missiles, right? So I go to basic training at Fort Benning, Fort Moore. Now I don't care what they're calling it now, um, and I'm, I was told. That, you know, I was too scared to be infantry. That's why I went to do that. That I was fixing the space shuttles because I was too much of a coward to be infantry. All right. And I show up to the 82nd, and then I'm told um, by my first sergeant, who's a mechanic, right? Probably one of the dumbest people on the planet. Only people dumber are La Pierda and Benny Good Times, um, which isn't saying much because maybe if you add their IQs up together, maybe you hit double digits. I, I don't think so. Um, they're they're idiots, right? And this guy wasn't much smarter than they were. Um, but he also told me that I, I didn't deserve to be in the 82nd, that I hadn't earned it, which I don't know what the hell that means. You know, my, I don't know too many people that really wanted to be in the 82nd after being there for a day. <laughs> you know, you're there for a day and you realize this place sucks, right? The best thing about the 82nd is the day you leave, right? And anybody who says, yeah, it's the best time of my life, it's... I say that you're probably a bigger, a pretty big loser. I feel sorry for you because that means that your um, life is pretty sad and pathetic. Um, I enjoyed my time in the 82nd, but the majority of that time that I enjoyed was because we were all in the same crappy situation. So uh, we did the best to make fun of it and just have a good time in a really shitty situation. So, you know, there at the 82nd, it was the same thing. And then I... You know, volunteer for civil affairs. I get accepted. 
I'm told I'm not good enough to be in, in special operations because I'm too much of a coward to be special forces, right? Then I go to Sockham, the medic schoolhouse, right? And then I'm told there that I, I shouldn't I shouldn't be there specifically because I haven't earned it. These are from x-rays, right? Um, kids who are coming in off the street and haven't done anything, haven't been anywhere. Uh, but I knew what the instructors were trying to do. They were trying to get me to lose my cool so I would go off on the students so I'd get thrown out, right? Um, because the instructors there were, were upset that they had to be there. And so they were just trying to take it out on whoever they could and whatever. I don't I don't care. Um, so I finished there and then, you know, because civil affairs is civil affairs, um, there are people who are trying to turn it into some sort of goddamn Jason Bourne or Jack Bauer or Jack Ryan bullshit secret espionage nonsense, which it's not. It's That's not what it is. Or it wasn't when I'm in. I don't know what it is now. And honestly, I don't care what it is now. Um, and I was told I wasn't good enough to be there because I wasn't, um, you know, didn't want to be a spy or super cool or whatever the hell they were doing. Um, so every step along the way. Oh, and by the way, when I earned my uh, bachelor's degree, I earned it from Troy and I did it uh, online. And, you know, I mentioned before, you know, when I started my master's degree at Troy and I had to write to my uh, professor and ask for an extension on one of the papers because I had survived an IED blast, right? And I was told, uh, hey, you know, uh, this is what happened. And I, they didn't give me a hard time, nothing. They, they just accepted the truth, right? Most people would see that and say, like, this guy is just full of it. He's lying. and But they didn't. And so I appreciate that from the professor, Right that day when uh, I had to take uh, a couple of my buddies uh, because we all survived the the blast right and took our my buddies over to the FST the the clinic right uh, the forward surgical team right and when they were in there I was waiting on the outside and you know my head was ringing because you know just just through a blast an ID blast my arm was numb couldn't move it at all. Um, but I hadn't really told anyone because I didn't want to be put on the shelf. And uh, a, lieutenant, a lieutenant came by that was working in there and he stopped by. Hey, hey, how's it going? And it's like, yeah. Like, how are you? Like, I haven't seen you in a couple of days. And I told him, yeah, you know, I'm just not feeling too good because uh, we were just through an ID blast. And, you know, he was walking, didn't pay attention. This was late at night, you know, probably about one in the morning. And uh, it's like, oh, all right, all right, good to hear from you. Yeah, that sounds good, man. Stay, stay cool. Uh, we'll talk to you later. It's like, I thought, man, does, is my head still ringing? And I just imagined that that uh, conversation. And uh, young E5 came by, like, hey, Sergeant, I heard that you were an ID blast. Why don't you come sit down and let me at least just check you over and see how you're doing. It's like, yeah, don't worry about that lieutenant there. Um, he's a buffoon. And that's why I'm talking about, uh, about, that's why I'm hypercritical about officers, right? Um, that guy had his head so far up his ass, he couldn't even take five seconds to hear that. Hey, I've just been through an IED blast. Um, but to get back to topic, right? I don't want to get off topic about how much I uh, despise army officers um, or disrespect them. Um, but the whole point about that panel was uh, imposter syndrome and Everything in my life had led up to that um, because the military told me every step of the way that I wasn't good enough. And yeah, I actually I am. Actually, I'm better than the military and I know it. Um, 
what in the words of MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, I'm better than you and you know it, right? <laughs> and uh, the one thing I wanted to point out was, um, you know, I, I didn't want to go to that that um, immersion weekend because I don't want to drive nine hours. I didn't, you know, I felt like I was going to be out of place and I did. And, you know, I, I mentioned it before, after that first morning, I wanted to just walk down the street, go get a hot dog from that world famous hot dog place, then go to the hotel, get my stuff, get in the car and just drive up to Tuscaloosa to see my daughter and just be done with it. Um, but I didn't. I stayed, right? And uh, I I encountered something that I had never encountered in the military. In 22 years of the military, I didn't. had never experienced this. Unconditional support. People who were behind me and supporting me and willing to help me for no other reason than we were in the same program, then it was the right thing to do. In the military, people help you because they need you to be fit to go to combat. It, the second that you're no longer fit to go to combat or to fulfill a job, a requirement, then they need to get rid of you because you no longer serve a purpose. That is called conditional support. They ask, how are you doing? How's your family? Because they need to make sure that you're in the right place, that you have no problems at home, that you will be at training, that you'll be at the range, that you'll be available to jump out of an airplane. You'll be ready to go to the gas chamber. You'll be ready to go do your road march. You'll be ready to uh, mow the lawn. You'll be ready to put the miles on the vehicle and then make sure they're online because you got to get that 550 quarter, make sure they're all online, right? Because... Um, if not, heaven forbid, if one of them's out of place by half a centimeter, then, you know, man, we better shut the post down, right? And we got to make sure that we uh, armor all the, the tires. And if they're not armor all, then you better go buy some gloss paint to make them nice and shiny, right? And, and that's the whole point is that there's conditions. I will ask you how you're doing because I need you ready to do this. Not because anybody really cares. Because they don't. And anybody in the military who says that they do, is just a liar. They're a bullshit liar. Okay? So, I just want to let everyone know that once you get out, like, it's a lot better. There's, you're going to meet people who want to help you for no other reason than that they want to help you. That's it. Because they want to see you su succeed. You know, they don't need a thanks. They don't need a pat on the back. They don't need payment. Nothing. It's just to help you out. Okay, so that leads into my next top uh, topic, right? So in the military, right, we do a lot of stupid things and we jump out of airplanes. Um, we go to the grenade range. We, uh, you know, do, do um, CQB, close quarter breaching, right? And there's a lot of these explosions, right? And uh, maybe you'll do air assault, whatever, right? Um, the whole point, spies if you're lucky, fries. Right, um, but we hit our head a lot, right? And when I filed my VA claim, uh, the VA said, "No, you have no TBIs." It's like, you know what? I know I've lost consciousness five times in my military career. I know I have. It's like, well, well, you know, we don't have it in here, so too bad. We're not going to give it to you. And I don't really care about them putting, giving me a rating because honestly, the VA is is just crap. It is total 100% crap. Um, like I said, um, I had to stop 
trying to get services from the VA because going and working with them, trying to get assistance from them was uh, making me think about putting a bullet in my head. Um, So I had to stop. But hitting your head, right? You hear a lot about football players and boxers, right, who have CTE. So for those of you who don't know what CTE is, basically it's just um, damage to your brain uh, from repetitive hits to to your head, right? It's just basically you're killing your brain. Um, But when you do that, when you're killing your brain, it has this tendency to put these bad thoughts in your head and it makes you more susceptible to, you know, just ending your life and why am I bringing this up because we want to put everything on like our mental health issues everything is a uh, related to because I I went to war right I went to combat I was surviving an explosion Um, I saw people blown up I saw parts of bodies all over the place um you know, and maybe that's part of it. Um, but in my PhD, right, again, my dissertation topic is a comparative analysis of the United States, Colombia, and the United Kingdom of why veterans turn to extremism. After reviewing the literature, you know, I, I was heading down a path of what I thought it was. Right. And I, I want I so much wanted to say that it was solely because of not being able to get um, quality care. That's only part of it. You know, that, that's only part of it. Some people. Um, some people might have CTE, right? It's not because they can't get quality care. Maybe they have received quality care. But how, how do you deal with somebody whose brain is. Um, it's damaged. Right? Can can you talk about that? Will that help it out? Will drugs do it? I don't know. And then you have some people. Um, some people just want to watch the world burn. There's no other way to put it. Right? Some people are just evil. They're bad people. Some people, uh, re- after reviewing the literature, just feel alone, and these groups provide a sense of belonging. Right? So my point is, it's it's never as simple as we wanted it to be. We always wanted it to be black and white. Well, this is it. This is the one answer. If we fix this problem, then everything will be perfect. That's not the case in in life, right? And that's not the case here. Um, so it, if you're in the military, like before you get out, when you file your claim, like try like file TBIs. Even if you don't have it in your record, like ask your friends or anybody who saw you hit your head to write a letter to back you up and say, you know, just provide as much detail as they can. On this date, I saw, you know, my friend hit his head and he's lost consciousness or he was acting weird. I didn't know what was going on. Something that'll back it up. And the more of those that you have, the better it'll be. Um, so you can appeal your case because you're entitled to that, that, that assistance, um, you know, I, my my head sometimes, I don't know, there's these bad thoughts in there, right? And uh, I have to figure out, like, how, how to get past that. Um, 
I'll just get through that moment because it's difficult because if I dwell on that it, it it builds you know it goes it'll go on for days and weeks and and that's tough to get out of um I don't have that TBI in my in my file maybe if I did maybe I could actually get some assistance for it but I can't um so just do what you can to try to get assistance for that stuff because it's not as simple as just, oh, well, I have PTSD because I went and I saw, um, you know, I was in um, combat and, you know, I saw some bad stuff. Maybe hitting your head over and over again is not a good thing, right? Um, if anybody ever, if you ever interested, go on YouTube and look at... Um, videos of Evander Holyfield from like the late 80s and then go and look at videos from him in the early 2000s and just see how he is able to express himself. It's a big change. And why? Because that guy kept getting punched in the head, right? I stutter a lot. I pause. I say, um, I lose track of what I'm saying. And I know part of that is from the, um, repetitive hits to my head, repetitive blows to my head that I sustained over 22 years. If you were on jump status, I, I guarantee you that just about every time you jumped out of an airplane, just about every time you landed, you hit your head. Now, how hard? I don't know. It was different for everybody. Uh, because that PLF is not meant to get you down in one piece safe, safely. It's meant to get you down as fast as they can and make sure that you're still alive um, so you can get up and continue in the fight. Um, because nobody cares if you hit your head. As long as you're able to get up and pull that trigger, that's fine. All right? So just just know that if, if you were in the military, you hit your head multiple times, whether you realized it or not. Okay? And it doesn't matter what job you were in. All right? You, you, you've hit your head. If you were a cook, if you were special forces, it, you, like you've hit your head. It doesn't, it does not matter. So please just take care of yourself. And like a, the one uh, thing I want to, uh, emphasize today is the Honor Foundation. If you go online, you can type in just the Honor Foundation and you can get some of their information on there. I uh, have a couple of friends who use them and they swore by it. I'm not sure if this is just for uh, special operations or this is for anybody that w was in the military. Um, but go ahead, go check them out. Um, I've had, like, like I said, like three people who went in. Um, they provide you a mentor and they provide you training and just helped on how to transition out of the military how to build a resume and you know I have uh, like I said a, a few people who have used this and they swore by it they uh, they recommended it to me but again for me like I, I don't want to uh, I'm tired of people thinking that we're friends because we were in the military we're not we're not friends because we were in the military if you want to be friends how about you just start out with Hello, my name is, and then we could try to be friends from there. But coming up to me and saying, "Hey, yeah, we're bros because we were in the military," uh, no, that's 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 not going to work. Um, and again, 
if if you have a giant beard, I'm probably less likely to be your friend or want to talk to you because, again, what I have found is people, veterans who have beards, very long beards, and when I mean long beards, I mean it's not nicely trimmed, it's like down to here, it's because that's their unofficial uniform. They want people to know that they were in the military because they're having difficulty letting go of that life, and that's fine. If you want people to come and pat you on the back and say, and thank you for your service, okay, more power to you, bro. Uh, but that's not what I want. And what I really don't like is I don't like when people come up to me and say, where's your beard? It's like, excuse me, pardon my French, I'm sorry, but go fuck yourself, all right? I've never grown a beard. I don't want a beard, and I never will grow a beard. So go away, dude. Go away. You want to grow a beard? Go ahead. I don't care. But don't come up to me and start questioning me. Because I don't owe you an explanation. I don't owe you a goddamn thing. And uh, as long as people understand that, like, I'm more than willing to help everybody out. More than willing to be friendly. But when people start coming up to me and questioning me and I don't know you, that's when we have problems. All right? Because I don't owe you anything. I don't. I don't. Nothing. Not a goddamn thing. All right. Um, so I don't know if you if you've noticed the pictures on my walls. Uh, that's of course that's Majin Vegeta, but that's gonna uh, get changed out here pretty shortly for uh, Limit Breaker Vegeta. You know, Van Gogh. He's not going anywhere. He's my bro. He's always gonna stay up there. Uh, it's my globe over here. There we go. Uh, had pins on that for everywhere that I went. Um, I started getting time-consuming, so I, I pretty much gave up on it, and they were all pretty much localized in, like, the same vicinity, and it, anyway, it just became too much, um, that pink piggy up there, that's my, for my granddaughter, um, that's her, uh, pink piggy, we started putting change in there, but, um, she seems to like the cash more than the pig, uh, than the change, so, we'll see, and of course, those are my guitars, and that's my there you go that's my parents uh, master's degree that's the one um, I earned for them and then that's a picture of my parents at the uh, Grand Canyon so yeah I mean that's pretty much it for today uh, again just go ahead take care of yourself alright if you were in the military you've hit your head multiple times if you're having um, if you're feeling down you're having these dark thoughts you're not alone alright we all have them uh, you might have them for different reasons. Nobody's the same and nobody's judging you, all right? If you need help, go get it because uh, regardless of what the VA says, they're not going to come out and uh, help you. Nobody's coming to your house to help you. So you need to reach out and, and again, you can reach me here at arantonio-rodriguez98 at gmail.com or you can just reach out and go into any facility, the VA facility. They have places where you can walk in and get assistance. Um, or you can just, if you have insurance, just go into your local doctor and talk to someone, right? Um, don't try to hold it in. Don't try to solve it yourself. Um, again, Tracy, thank you very much for helping me out. Um, not perfect, but who is? But I'm better than I was before. So, again, um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Michigan and Indiana, thank you very much. I seem to be getting a few uh, more downloads in the Midwest, which is awesome because uh, 
I was getting it on I-95 and, I and I-5, but it's missing that big portion right there of Chicago and Louisiana up into Minnesota and Wisconsin area. And again, if you have a bright idea, just remember uh, this was meant to be a uh, just a helmet so I could wear for Troy football games, and now it's turned into, I mean, this thing is about like 15 pounds. This thing is ridiculous. It's heavy. I'm not wearing that. I have a big fat head to begin with, right? And then I'm going to throw another 15 pounds on there. It's like, I don't think so, buddy. So just remember, um, you know, all good ideas um, might not be the best and most practical ideas. So again, take care of yourself. Um, identify what what your special skill is, what makes you different from everyone else. Um, and roll Tide!